Hello and welcome to Amateur Theology, the podcast of theological ramblings from an occasionally coherent host. Amateur Theology is a down-to-earth exploration of theological ideas and concepts through the eyes of the everyday individual. This week, we'll be talking about worship. Now, this episode came about through something that really caught my attention when listening to another podcast, which you may also be a fan of, which is the Liturgist podcast. And it was something that one of the co-hosts, William Matthews, said when they were talking around how the COVID pandemic has changed and affected church and church practice. And William Matthews mentioned how one of the reasons why we miss or people are missing congregational worship, as in gathering together having a a service where we are worshipping together as a community, where there's a band and we're singing songs together, is we are missing the aspect of propaganda that is within worship. Now, this idea of propaganda may be really difficult to hear, and it's certainly challenging because I think there's a lot of negative connotations around propaganda. Now, a dictionary definition I found on propaganda is that propaganda is the spreading of ideas, information, or rumor for the purpose of helping or injuring an institution, a cause, or a person. I think a lot of the time when we think about propaganda, we think about that negative aspect, that injuring, because that's often what people use the media for when they're using propaganda it's very political it's very there's a lot of bias involved in it it's a lot of rumor spreading and that kind of thing but actually I think there's an element of propaganda that this definition helps show us which is helping to spread ideas and information in the sense helping an institution, a cause, or a person. If we see worship as propaganda, it almost helps us see that actually the practice of worship within our church services aids us in the spreading of ideas, concepts, information for the church body and what William Matthews was saying is actually we miss that element of worship we are all at one point singing the same song together if you've never been to church or I don't know what your church practice might look like but more often than not for me we come into church and we'd be welcomed by the hosts and then we'd have a band playing a song and what would happen is that the song lyrics would go on the st- on the screen 
we kind of take that as part and parcel of the worship experience. But actually, that's that's quite rare. You don't go to a, a gig, at least I've never been to a gig, where the lyrics of the song are on a screen or they're given to you. Because there's an element of importance we place on singing along, singing the same words, because there's a message within the song. There's a message or a metaphor or imagery or beliefs being expressed in this song. And if we're intentional, or if the leadership team or the worship team are intentional about what songs they're singing and have chosen them, which for the large majority of the time when I've been part of worship teams is most definitely the case. There is often a theme within a service that the worship team chooses songs around to fit in with, well, what is it? What is the theme? What is the message we want to bring across? That's using worship as propaganda because we're trying to share information, this idea, this belief that what Jesus says about this certain topic, we want everyone to buy into. So we're choosing a song around the idea of joy. We're choosing a song around the idea of Jesus being light. Thinking about Christmas time, that is a big metaphor and image around the idea of Christmas and the idea of Advent. And we sing songs around this same metaphor. And what people aren't getting when we don't gather as a congregation, as a community, when we're not singing together, because it's quite a different thing singing maybe on your own, in your living room, maybe you're in your pajamas, compared to singing when you've gone to church, you're with 150, 10 other people, and you're all singing together. It's a very different experience. And I think what a lot of people miss is this element of propaganda that we are all singing the same thing together. We are all reaffirming this belief or this idea, this metaphor and imagery that comes across through our worship practice. And that's totally legitimate. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think it's actually helpful seeing worship as propaganda. Not completely, that's the only thing it is. I'm not trying to say that that's entirely what worship is. But recognizing the element of propaganda that's there. Because I think it then forces us to ask the question, what are the ideas and information that we are helping people believe in? What is the message of this song that people are buying into? Because then it challenges our ideas in terms of, is this what we want our community to be reaffirming? Are these the sets of beliefs that we as a community want to stand by? It's been a journey for me in terms of someone who is seeing this and then wanting to explore 
worship more deeply, wanting to understand what is behind the lyrics of the song. What is behind the artist? Why have they chosen to write this song? What did they want to bring across when they wrote this? Because I think how someone, the intention someone has in writing a song, there is certainly an element that that intention can be carried forward in terms of that is the agenda that we take when we sing the song. Those are the metaphors that they've used to express a certain view of Jesus or God or the incarnation or some concept. And I think it does encourage us to ask the question, do, you, do we want as a community to be reaffirming that? And I think there's been a lot of, certainly recently, a bit of pushback to some big Christian worship communities who are resourcing hundreds of thousands of churches with worship songs and worship music. And what people are challenged by is the potential agenda that's coming through that those artists. What is the message that they as a community are bringing? And again, having this view of worship as propaganda encourages us to make that decision in terms of, is this an agenda we also want to participate in? These songs are coming from a community that stand for these beliefs, these ideas, this information. And to some extent, when you are singing those songs, even if you're not specifically participating, you're still reaffirming that expression, those songs and that kind of thing. So to cut a long thought short, I think it's helpful for us to see worship, an element of worship, as propaganda. Because I think it encourages us to ask the questions of what is this song insisting upon? What are the ideas, information that is being suggested? And do we want, as a community, to affirm that? It may be a case of absolutely yes, we do. And then excellent. This is a great medium for sharing these ideas to help a community, a person, come into line with what does it mean to be a part of this community? What does this look like? And I think it also helps us in terms of recognizing the elements of worship that we miss. That actually it's really difficult to participate in online. When you're not in a community of like-minded believers, when you're not participating in that corporate singing together, you're not able to have that same affirming belief experience where you have 30, 50, 100 like-minded believers affirming the same thing as you through corporate singing. And that is totally okay. And we recognize that. And it's okay to miss that. 
and it'll be great when we're able to gather together and sing together freely. So I think having this view of worship is really healthy because it helps us ask those important questions of why are we singing this? Making worship not just something that we continually have that ticks over, that we do because it's what we've always done. But having this view, seeing worship as partly propaganda helps us ask those questions of why. What benefit are we getting out as a community? Is this affirming what we want to stand for? And then recognizing that sense of loss that we don't have that through online worship. And it begs the question, what can we have? And I think that's probably a conversation for another time.